and welcome back to Park in the Bus, a fantasy football podcast. It's episode 8. I'm your host, Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend, Jack Murray. Good evening, Callum. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Jack. How are we? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? I'm good. Um, I'm bored, though. You know, I think I understand why people hate the international break now. <laughs> An international break with a pandemic. Yeah, it, it, it's even worse. You know? Yeah, especially with the weather outside as well. It's not really doesn't feel like much is going on, is there? I've been trying to do my Sky Fantasy Football overhaul team, and I just don't have the mo- very much motivation. I need to get on it tonight, next few days. But it's just a bit... Not much going on at the moment, is there? I don't think. I mean, this is the problem. I, I, I keep thinking, are we in for the Premier League being stopped again because of the way that COVID is going at the moment? You know, it's, it's on the rise where, you know, new measures are being undertaken in certain parts of the country. Everything's a mess. I just get the feeling that football's going to be stopped again very soon. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's difficult, isn't it, with different places now having different extent of uh, regulations. Um, you know, you could have a game between... And let's say Southampton, Tottenham, or something, and that you know that would have no problems going ahead with with the way that those two places are. But then you have you know we've got Merseyside Derby next week, and both those places are under serious serious restrictions again. So I, I yeah, you're right. I, don't, I I can only imagine that we'll probably stop if the country went into a full lockdown again. I think they'll try everything possible to keep the matches all going, uh, even when they maybe shouldn't. But it's impossible to tell, isn't it? And it kind of affects your strategy a little bit this year compared to to other years. It certainly does. I mean, during lockdown, you know, everyone was in their kind of bubble and it looked very safe and okay. But, you know, you're now seeing players like Mane uh, getting COVID. Um, it was announced today that Ronaldo, of all yeah. people, has, 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 has been diagnosed with it. So, um, yeah, it's it's all a bit of a mess. And as you say, yeah, it, it does affect your strategy. You know, do you, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be prepared for, um, one of your players getting COVID and, and missing, you know, two or three games, maybe. Yeah, you've already had that. I think it just weighs, gives more leverage to the to the theory that you hold your transfers as much as possible and maybe don't, for as long as possible, sorry, and, and maybe don't do transfers unless you have to, unless you have an injured player or you have a COVID or, or you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it requires patience, patience, patience. I think that's your key word on this podcast, isn't it, Jack? Patience? I think I always mention it once in the first three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but I, I just think that's the way to go at the moment. I mean, you know, there'll be some people out there with team values of sort of 102 million or something like that, but they're taking a lot of hits and then, you know, one of their new signings could get COVID in the next three days or something like that. I guess there's a little bit less of a risk with play with the English players, maybe just because they haven't had to travel. Are we at home tomorrow or whenever we play Denmark? I think it is, isn't it? I believe we're at home, yeah. Yeah, so maybe the English players, you think, maybe got a little bit less risk and given that a lot of people will be buying Harry Kane this week, I think that, that they'll probably be all right. But obviously some players go to like South America, Asia, you know, all over the place and, you know, they could easily not come out until Friday night, even Saturday morning, that they've that they've got the virus, and then you could be down to to ten players for that game week or something. I mean, I I'm shocked that the internationals went ahead, to be honest, because 
I understand like in club football, if you're traveling around Europe for Champions League or whatever, you can keep your the teams contained mostly. But then you go into internationals and obviously everyone just splits up and forms new groups. Yeah. And it just takes one person to spread it to a group of 25 other players and then they'll spread it to their clubs. So I, I, I am shocked the internationals went ahead. And I think that, you know, we've seen a lot more, obviously the headlines, a lot more players um, having to isolate now. I think uh, three Ireland players had to do so uh, very recently. Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney, yeah. It worries me particularly with the Republic of Ireland squad because, of course, we've got uh, James McCarthy. So, you know, if he bring, he could he could catch it and bring it back as well. So it just... Uh, it, it all seems too risky and it it does worry me. But uh, what what can you do now, I guess? Yeah, I guess that's why England played Wales. I presume that's one of the reasons why we played Wales was that a lot of the players were all in the same sort of area as such but I, I i mean apart from apart from that i don't really understand why you'd need to play you know say if england played even like england russia in a friendly or something i would like what is the point uh maybe, maybe the nation's league because obviously that's not you're not gonna be going too far but and the euro playoffs i can understand but i don't see the point of these of these friendlies that teams have got three games two games anyway i didn't see the point of playing a friendly against somebody where obviously you know the more people you come into contact with the more chance you're going to catch it so I, I don't understand the point of friendlies i understand why maybe nations league and why especially the euro qualifiers went uh playoffs went ahead because they kind of needed to be finished but they just seem a bit too desperate to get all sorts of football going on at the moment yeah i, I wonder i i could be wrong here but i'm fairly sure they they planned that england wales friendly uh way back when during the summer when they thought that they would have fans back in the stadium and they obviously thought that would be a a morale booster and b will probably bring in some financial revenue because obviously england wales is a big game but obviously you know with fans not being allowed back in until next year i believe it is it's that's all kind of you yeah it's all kind of just gone wrong really their plan but yeah that's true actually yeah well Let's uh, let's move on from this uh, rather depressing intro, I have to say, to something um, slightly more positive, I guess, uh, which is uh, Project Big Picture. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So, Project Big Picture has kind of been planned by, I believe it's Man United and Liverpool. Yeah. And it is going to save the EFL, allegedly. Yes, apparently. Yeah, I did. I heard that bit. Yeah. So this this is kind of a plan where they're essentially going to reform the the English football pyramid uh, and offer a lot more financial support to the Championship, uh, League One and League Two. However, it is very controversial, or is it? Oh, I I literally I, I all I heard was that. Uh, it's trying to help the the lower teams, and that it helps the bigger teams pull away. So basically, the teams that are going to be against this is basically the the seventh downwards in the Premier League, and then a lot of others will be in favour. I guess I don't know how I don't know any very much about it at all, to be honest. Well, I'll, I'll give you kind of the the main points, 
uh, from their proposals. So uh, the Premier League would be cut from 20 teams to 18. Oh, yes, I did hear that bit. Yeah, uh, and the Championship League 1 and League 2 would remain at 24 each. And then this is the, the crazy thing. So the first, in order to get it down to 18, they would relegate five clubs in one season. <laughs> but but it gets it gets even better than that, really. So in a 18 sort of team season, what would happen is that 17th and 18th would be relegated automatically. Yeah. And then first and second in the championship would be promoted. But here's where it gets really interesting. 16th in the Premier League would go into a kind of mini tournament with third, fourth and fifth in the championship. <laughs> so it's a little, almost a little bit leveled. Is it the Bundesliga too, but not quite? It's similar, but not quite the same as the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, also in the proposals, the League Cup... And the community shield would be abol- would be abolished. Yeah, sorry, I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, parachute payments would be scrapped as well. Mm. Which sounds a bit weird. Uh, the financial stuff, which is uh, what the EFL uh, is, this is kind of what how they would plan to save the EFL is that two hundred and fifty million pound would be made immediately available to the whole of the EFL. At plus twenty five percent of all future TV deals, Christ, that's a big percentage. Yeah, which is yeah, that's pretty damn good. Um, and also, a hundred million pounds will be paid to the FA to make up for lost revenue. So that all sounds a bit hmm in my mind. Um, but the the real controversial bit, I guess, is that nine clubs would be given special voting rights on certain issues. And the nine clubs in question are the Big Six, plus Newcastle, West Ham, and Southampton. Okay. That's total rubbish, isn't it? Uh, yeah, when you said... I thought it was just the Big Six. I didn't realise there were other teams. And then when you were going to say the other three, I was expecting you to say Wolves, Leicester, and someone else. Oh, no, no, because West Ham are a big club, don't you know, Jack? Well, it's, yeah, in terms of history, I can understand why West Ham and Newcastle are there, but is there a particular reason why they've chosen them and, and Southampton as the additional uh, beneficiaries? They, the excuse they've made, I believe, is that um, they've had an extended run in the Premier League. Well, Newcastle? So, well, this is, what, this is what I don't understand, is that how have they... Because obviously they haven't based this on who's currently on the longest run of being in the Premier League, because that's definitely not Newcastle. Palace got there, haven't they, surely? In that case? I, yeah, I think Palace, Palace are ahead of like Leicester in that regard. Yeah. They're certainly ahead of Newcastle. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, unless they've decided to do it on who's been in the Premier League the longest, but then surely Aston Villa Aston would be there. Yeah, and Everton. Yeah. Oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think Everton's... You know, how is Everton not included? In yeah, that, that's strange. I just realised that myself. Unless they are, and some one of the big six isn't. But oh dear, actually, I didn't realise that. Oh dear, yeah. Well, this this is exactly why the whole thing is rubbish, because it is. I, I'm sure they have good intentions about saving the EFL and blah blah blah. That's all. That's all well and good, but I'm I'm sorry. This is a power grab, isn't it? 
Uh, it sounds like it's going to benefit the highest up and the lowest down, and then those in the middle will get a bit uh, hung out to dry, shall we say. Yeah. But, you know, if it benefits Tottenham, I can't be too upset. <laughs> well, I, I just don't... I, I mean, obviously, I highly doubt this is going to go ahead, um, crucially because the Premier League themselves don't support this scheme. Okay. Um, and the, this is this this often remind this is kind of reminding me of you know how the big clubs around Europe are trying to create uh, a new Champions League without the permission of UEFA. Yes. This is basically that, I think. Okay. Um with because Liverpool and United have started it, but so far and I know it's only been out for a couple of days so far no one in the Premier League is back in it. Okay. So um, and the thing is, they would need, uh, I believe it's 14 out of the current 20 clubs uh, to support this move. And, you know, if you're only if you're only going to give special powers to nine of them, yeah. I don't know how you're going to convince another five more that this is the, the right thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think the team yeah. should largely look out for themselves. And if that's the case, I can't imagine. Wh- whose idea is it, by the way? Who's trying to push it through? This is, uh, as I said, Man United and Liverpool. Oh, so they actually come up with the idea? They've come up with the idea... Not like a a backing group or something? I don't believe so. Um, but, it, it, yeah, it looks like quite a lot of people are against this. You've got people who are for it, particularly those who are in the lower leagues, uh, particularly uh, Rick Parry, who is the head of, of the EFL. Yeah. Um, he has said he is. He believes this is necessary, and I do agree with you know Premier League clubs, uh, particularly the top ones, giving some more money back to the EFL. I think that is important, but th- this apparently has been in the works for three years, uh, and has obviously been sped up because of COVID. So I think I, I have to be a cynic and say this is a cash grab or a power grab, I should say. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that's fair enough. Um, I guess as well as we do, we don't really like change, do we? In terms of you know just Premier League, we're both Premier League fans. We don't really see a huge amount wrong with it, minus one next topic, which I assume we're about to talk about. But that's a new thing as well. Yeah. I mean, I think there is there is a lot wrong with the Premier League, but I I don't think having I don't think changing it down to eighteen clubs is going to really improve it. Uh, yeah. Maybe it makes it more financially viable. I'm not again. I'm not an economist. I don't know the financial side of the game very well, to be perfectly honest. But again, I have I have to just look at it face value for what it is, and it it, it does look like a power grab to me. Okay. Uh, I'm sh- I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure there's some good stuff in there, but again, it's not. This is this is going to go no, no further. But I thought it would be. Uh, important to chat about so okay yeah no I, i've learned some more about it because I, I heard about it obviously but i didn't really think about it too much uh, probably because i didn't really take it seriously to be honest like you just said it probably won't happen i didn't really think i'd need to know too much about it unless it actually started to kick into full gear which i'm not sure it ever will by the sounds of it yeah so let's move on as you, you just teased there uh the next talking point of the pod which is a pay-per-view Pay-per-view? Pay-per-view? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. P- Who knows? PPV, if you like. P- PPV. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Wait, isn't there another, isn't there something else called PPV? Don't know. Right? I, know, I, know, I, know I know there's a, there's various PPEs <laughs> out there. Uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. Um, yeah, pay per view. Um, BT and Sky are now going to start charging uh, fifteen quid to watch football. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many matches this is. I know there's a Tottenham one. And I know there's a Palace one. Well, I believe it's all the games that would have usually been three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday. Ah, okay, right. Um, obviously they're all scheduled at different times, so you can, if you want to, you can actually watch them all. Yes, you'd have to pay, I don't know, forty-five quid per weekend to do it. <laughs> but whatever floats your boat, I guess. This is this is this is rubbish again. I, I understand that obviously, you know. I, I, actually, no, I don't understand. I was I was going to try and defend it, but I can't. Um, um, this is just we already pay however much it is to get Sky Sports and BT Sports, uh, and now they're asking us to pay even more. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, no, no. I mean, those subscriptions are uh, expensive on their own if you want. If you want to watch as many games as possible, um, you have to have Sky and BT Sports, which are you know potentially hundred pounds a month between the two of them, if not more, which is you know a lot of money as it is, and then to pay fifteen pounds extra per game. I guess the only way for us to to get out of it is that no one buys it, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you kind of almost just have to admit that it's a thing, and if you want to watch your team, you have to pay the fifteen pounds. I'm not going to pay it to watch Wolves Palace. No offense. None ta- no, none taken. None taken. Um, I don't know about Tottenham. Whoever we've got for it, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it to be honest. I mean, he- here's the thing. I mean, I'm not going to do it. As much as I'm a football fan, I'm not going to pay 15 quid to watch a-, a match that I can catch 20 minute highlights of later on in the day. You know. Yeah. No, um, that, that's another point. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe this is a personal thing, but as much as I love Palace, we play some dull football, and I'd rather watch ten-minute highlights than a full ninety minutes sometimes. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you're in this, as I am a season ticket holder, when you're in the stadium, it's different, obviously. But when you're at home, you know, I, I, I can think of better ways to spend my ninety minutes. In, in you know, I, I know it's, I know I'm sounding like a bad fan at this point, but. Um, yeah, I'm cash strapped as it is at the moment. I don't want to pay 15 quid <laughs> yeah. to watch a match that I've been watching free for the last few months. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously there are still going to be games live uh, this weekend. Obviously, Merseyside Derby's uh, is live. Man City Arsenal, um, the Palace Brighton Derby, uh, Spurs West Ham, and uh, Leeds Wolves. So. That's still five quality games you're gonna you're gonna get to watch. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna pay the fifteen quid for it. Because I'm sorry, but Sky and BT have already enough money. They don't need any more of mine. So. Yeah. No. As well. There's there's already an argument that that these TV deals with. Sky and BT are perhaps outdated now even. You know, I think this has maybe even just pushed it back even more. Like, 
I've got a tennis TV subscription, which is all the matches for nine ninety nine a month, and then the rest are on Amazon for the the Grand Slams. Uh, surely, the Premier League would be it'd be far more modern to get up with the times and do a Premier League equivalent. I don't know what you think about that. I'm tempted to say Sky. They used to used to. Uh, Sky had a thing where you only picked certain. Like if you were someone like me who only wanted to watch Formula One, yeah, uh, then you could pay just to have the F1 channel and you wouldn't get anything else. Uh, and I think there, there was, a, I'm not sure if there still is, but there certainly was a deal that if you just wanted Sky Sports Premier League or Sky Sports Football, you could pay just to have those. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, but obviously because of the way they do business it's one of those things that oh well if you pay just a little bit more a month you could have all the channels and then that's how they make their money but um yeah it's just it's just ridiculous um i reckon they did this again because they thought that you know people would be back in the stadiums uh, and therefore they wouldn't they wouldn't feel obligated to show all the games live obviously now that that's changed they've just thought well yeah, 15 quid a game sounds reasonable yeah i think it's i think it's too much as well especially if you already have a subscription can they have just worked out maybe like a like a fiver for someone who has a sky or a bt subscription and then 15 pounds for everything else 15 pounds is a lot given you you have an amazon prime subscription for 7.99 and you have a netflix subscription for 5.99 or whatever it is which obviously is a month, and you can watch endless, endless amounts of whatever you want to watch. For a 90-minute football match, it's £15. I think that's that's also a point that I think is far too much. If it was a fiver or something, I'd maybe be a bit more obliged. Um, and, that, and it feels like that you haven't had loyalty for or respect from Sky and BT for subscribing with them because they're charging £15 instead of giving you a discount because you're subscribed, if that makes sense. Oh, no, I completely agree. Again, I'm not sure if there is a deal in place that if you are a loyal Sky or BT customer, you do get a discount. But even so, you know, they don't... We, we know Sky and BT have more than enough money. They don't, they don't need any more. This is, again, this is just a cash grab. Um, the only... As you alluded to earlier, the only thing that we can hope for is that enough people boycott it. Yeah. And... Look, I, when I go on Twitter, I do see a lot of people calling for this to be boycotted. But as much as I think a lot of people will do that, I think there's going to be equally uh, a great number of people are going to still pay the 15 quid because they're just desperate to watch their team play. Yeah, I was about to say, for some people, it's what they look forward to, all, like, especially like season ticket holders and stuff like that. That's what they used to look forward to on a Saturday. And that's been taken away from them and now it looks like unless they want to cough up being able to watch their team at all is going to be taken away from them and it's also just going to push people more towards um illegal streams on their on their laptops and and stuff like that i i don't see it just seems very out of context like lack of contextual sympathy and a lot of a lack of judgment from on their part uh, i think yeah, oh, completely agreed. Completely agreed. People are mentally, you know, times are, are tough at the moment as well. And I think obviously it's because the, the times are tough that 
that is the reason why we're in this position with no fans and stuff. But it's just, you know, we, we talk all about, about people's mental health and stuff like that. This is, again, just stripping something away of they, you know, would cheer them up. Well, maybe if their team lost, but you do enjoy watching your own team anyway on a Saturday. You look forward to it. And it's just, it's just going to either make people spend money that they don't want to or can't afford, or they're just going to not be just not happy that they can't watch their own team. You should never be able to have to, you know, choose between watching your team and, and saving money and or, or sorry, watching your team and spending your money or not watching your team and saving your money. It's just not really, it's not really the right thing, is it? It's football after all, you know, it, you know, or sport after all. It's what people just want to watch it to enjoy it. It's, it's sort of stripped the character away of, of football a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Sport and football are, they're a community. Yeah, you know, it, it you know, even if you're watching at home, you know, you still there's still a sense of community with you know with your fellow fans and just with your family and your friends, and the fact that you know nearly everything these days is behind a paywall. And I know, obviously, yes, you spend a lot of money to to buy actual tickets to get to the stadiums anyway, but in this time where we can't do that watching you know from tv is your only option and just again to stick it behind a paywall you know as you said you know it's it's just going to alienate people you know people whose you know life re- revolves around football yeah um and for some, i i can't sympathize as much because i wasn't a massive football fan until really the last 5 years but I know people in their seventies, maybe even in their eighties, who have you know been going to football games their whole life, and this is you know what you know, this is watching from TV is the only thing they can do now. Now that even that's been taken away, yeah. And you know I'm not one to advocate watching from illegal streams. I don't like doing it, but as you said, it's going to force people to do that now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, I, I'm sorry to be so depressing on the pod. We're usually very upbeat and positive, but it's just been one of those weeks where we've just had sort of bad news after bad news, both in the football world and beyond. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just a bit sad and a bit and a bit sickening to see. Yeah, it's just it's just the nature of of what is what it is at the moment. I think, um, if that makes sense, just the way things seem to be going. But, you know, we've got football, some football back this this weekend that you have a subscription to and can watch. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to enjoy the five games that are on this weekend. But, um, yeah, I, it's heartbreaking for those that whose teams aren't going to be on, on TV. Is it five, really, is it five, five and five? But uh, for this week, it's five and five. Again, it might fluctuate. Jesus, um, I, didn't realize, I thought it was like two a week or something. Jesus. Uh, that is high. Ridiculous. Yeah. And the problem is, is because, as has always been the way with, with Sky and with all the teams, the big teams are going to always be on TV. Yeah. You know, this was, this was the one thing that was quite nice about having all the games televised, is that everyone felt equal. Yeah. For the first time, you know, like every game was important and everyone sat down and watched every game. Whereas, you know, 
you know, get ready for endless weeks of Man United being on TV. Yeah. Because Sky Sports aren't going to not show Man United. It's going to get even worse when European football kicks in because, um, I mean, I know all the... I know we're not, there's no sort of Saturday three o'clock kickoffs now, but I can only imagine they're going to start moving fixtures around, obviously, and that's going to affect what games are going to be on TV. So, yeah, we'll always be on a Sunday, for example. Yeah. And uh, Champions League games, Champions League teams are almost always on a Saturday. So, yeah, yeah no, you're right. They'll be able to manipulate it even more. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, should we try and get on to some actual football on the pitch stuff? Bit of fantasy stuff? Oh yeah, let's let's do let's do what this pod is actually about for a change, shall we? Yeah, yeah. There's there's obviously not too much to add from from last week, uh, apart from what we said. Yeah, so just if have you thought about your transfer at all this week or or have you just put it off? I mean, as you alluded to earlier, I have been putting it off because First off, price rises and price falls. Um, I want to take advantage of that as much as as much as possible. Uh, and also, as you said, if if a player catches COVID or gets injured over the international break, that's going to affect uh, who you pick and who you want to transfer in and out. So, yeah, I, I'm still holding on to it. Um, I don't really know. I know who I would like to bring in, but I don't know if I you know, should bring those kind of players in. Who are they? If you'd like to share. I think based on kind of what we were saying last week about we don't really know, we can't really predict, we can't really, we can't really predict what's going to happen apart from the obvious things, you know. Yeah. That's why I brought Calvert-Lewin in because he's just going to keep scoring at this rate. So on, on along those lines, I want to bring in people like Rodriguez, uh, him in particular, uh, but also maybe look at people like you know, like Grealish, for example. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't afford them. People like Son and Kane are on the radar as well. Yeah, you know, so I yeah, Rodriguez is the obvious one to try and bring in for me. Um, yeah, and I think I can afford him. I'm gonna find out right now. Actually, let's have a look. If I take, see, I'm annoyed. Saka is still five point three. I thought he would have uh, gained not uh, gained one after his goal, but uh, obviously not. Just I guess people are not sure if he's still going to start every game. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, I can't afford Rodriguez. Who are you uh, looking at bringing out? Saka was it? It would have been Saka. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not point one out. Ah, oh, the tip that the really annoying. <laughs> A classic. Yeah. I mean the. Yeah, the problem is is that a lot of my players are going down. Like Mane's gone down, Riedervald's unsurprisingly gone down. De Bruyne, if you have um, him, he's still eleven point. Oh, yeah, he has gone down, gone back to his original price. But um, yeah, I have had players go up though. Martinez has gone up, Wilson's gone up. So yeah, Martinez is a is a good pick. I think my team value is kind of struggling around the hundred million now. I don't think I've had. I've got. I've. Hamish Rodriguez is the only one for me who's kind of going up and up and up. Um, what is he? Seven point nine. Seven point eight. Seven point eight. Yeah, I've had. I've had him since he was seven point five. So he's done quite well for me. But I, I need to get rid of. Uh, Mitch Rich is definitely going for me this week. Um, it just depends whether I need to do another transfer to be able to afford 
that were the 6.5s rather than the than like an Ollie Watkins. Um, I'm looking at Mope. Into I've got a problem now with De, this De Bruyne news that he might not be playing at the weekend uh, because he he was my captain, and it means. I don't really have a standout captaincy option this week. I think I'd probably just have to go and put it on Salah if uh, if De Bruyne was out, unless I wanted to do a one-week swap and just take out De Bruyne for, for Son or something and captain Son against West Ham. No, I don't think it's the, the best fixture for us. So that's I guess that's the benefit of keeping the transfer is that De Bruyne is a doubt and we'll have to see what's going on with him. Um, rather than if I'd made two already, I would have had to have brought in Suchek or Ailing for De Bruyne if he was confirmed injured or something like that. Mm. Yeah, it is tempting just to hold on to the transfer and make two next week, but the risk of that for me, I guess, is that more of my players will get devalued and then that makes yeah. it even harder to get in the better players. Um, I am, I'm serious, obviously with Rodriguez now unavailable to me, seriously considering Mr. Grealish. Yeah. Good run of games as well, I think. You know, obviously they got the form, and uh, I thought he was, you know, he's, he was obviously really good against Liverpool, but he was also very impressive against Wales as well. So he's obviously in a bit of form, um, and you know what he can do. He's a talisman for them. Um, has he gone up at all? Is he seven point one yet? Uh, yeah, seven point one. So, and obviously he's the first, yeah he's actually on the session on the same amount. Of, I think we pointed out pointed this out last week. He's on the same amount of points as Rodriguez. And he's played a game less. Yeah, obviously he had twenty-four points against Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he got a load against Liverpool. Obviously, that that kind of explains it. But um, yeah, no, I I have I think I have to seriously consider him. Um, I'd love to put Ollie Watkins in my team just because he's five point nine. Um, yeah, my forwards are all still pretty good. Yeah, mine's it's my weak spot, so I need to to sort mine out. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, Wilson's my, on paper, my worst one, yet he's one of the highest scoring in the game at the moment. Yeah. Just because, obviously, he's taken the penalties for Newcastle, but out of everyone in that squad, he's the most likely to score and actually get some points, so. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, they've got a crappy run of fixtures coming off the top of my head. Um, Man United, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, Chelsea, so. Well, Man United's not hard. Well, no, they beat them last year as well. It's <laughs> true. Yes, they did. So you know, but I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's one to. I think I even said last week he's not one to bring in. But with the form, he's probably not one I take out either. Um, I mean, if you need a cheap alternative, uh, he's definitely got to be considered. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. If I was picking a cheap alternative, I'd go Watkins. But just because he's just because he's cheaper. And got the better run of fixtures, but um, yeah, if you've got Wilson, don't take him out, but don't necessarily bring him in. I think. Yeah, yeah. My my, my my main problem at the moment is is that I really can't find. I'd ideally quite like to get from Timo Werner to Harry Kane. <laughs> and you're trying to save money elsewhere to to make that happen. Aren't yeah, you? I need a uh, one point two million or something, and I have no idea where it where it'd come from. You know, I'm not getting rid of. Trent or Robertson just because they have you know it's, you need to remember that they got 17 points between the two of them the game before so you know I'm not getting rid of them plus that would yeah, sorry plus that would also ruin parking the bus yeah so of course I mean I, if, I'm, if, if you took one of those out 
Jack and it wasn't for an injury, then I think the podcast would have to end officially. <laughs> I don't think we could carry on, uh, you know, with that at, at the back of our minds. But uh... <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's true. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm also not taking out Hamid Rodriguez because obviously his form is too good. That was where my money got zapped because I had a couple of million and I did uh, Sam Maximan for Hamed. So that's where my money went. Uh, Just because I didn't really like any of the options below that. I've got the one that I like the most as well, which is Foden, um, who's a bit cheaper. So I just don't really have, unless I want to, you know, the only reason, I, the only way I could think of making money is to take Suchek out for a really cheap midfielder. But that still, still won't be enough for me to get Werner to Kane. You know, I'm, I'm not really going to take De Bruyne out unless he's injured for a long period of time, which he's not. So, but obviously I need to do transfer somewhere and I need the money to get. Mitrovic out because I long term he's just not Fulham are uh, you know not going to do anything in the league this season I think they're going to get more and more defensive as time goes on as well and I really need to get well I'd really like to get Mope in for uh, for him with their fixtures so obviously they got, they got Palace next but West Brom Tottenham Burnley Villa as the four after that um, which is a nice run and he's on penalties and he's got over an attacking return per game so far this season so I think off the top of my head, he's going to be the forerunner. Apart from that, obviously Watkins is great value and that could be a straight transfer swap. Yeah, Mopé's a, a, annoyingly a great shout. Um, as much as I don't want him to, chances of him scoring against us on the weekend are relatively high. Obviously, I, I don't think Brighton will win that game. But, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, Mopé wouldn't be a bad option for fantasy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I still am looking at getting Werner out as well. So my my plat well, this time last week I was saying to you, wasn't I? I was, I'm just going to revamp the forward line and it will be Werner and Mitrovic both out and then someone else new in. But obviously I'd, I'd quite like to get Harry Kane and I don't think that's possible. So it might have to be a, a down to a down to Jimenez or someone like that because they've got decent fixtures, but they don't look very good. So you've already got Calvert-Lewin, haven't you? I haven't got Calvert-Lewin. Oh, who have you got then? Who's your third forward? Uh, Keenan Davis. I play four four two. Jack, no, I got get Calvert Lewin in first off. Well, they got Liverpool next, and I've got Hamas Rodriguez, which covers it off partly. You got he's Calvert Lewin's gonna score. This is this is what I told you. Like this is the Vardy Finn, you know. And you've got to you've got to remember you've got to plan for more than just next week, Jack. You've got to think about the fact that they've got Southampton next. Newcastle next, Man United after that, you know. Those are three games where he's probably going to score it. Fulham after that, I will add. I mean, I, I, was, only, I was only going with up to that because then after that, it's the next uh, international break. Oh, yeah, good point. And then, goodness knows what's going to happen then. But, um, yeah, no, I just I'd get Calvert-Lewin in. I don't know why you're, you're hesitating about that. Just because I'm I'm not really sure I want to bring in a player before they play Liverpool. That's the thing. I'll, I'll happily bring him in the week after. That's what that's what we said about Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish, and it didn't work. So. Were, you think, were you thinking about bringing them in before Liverpool? <laughs> they were well. They were kind of outside bets. I, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point actually because that that would make me a lot of saving as well if I take out Werner to. To Calvert Lewin, but the, yeah. yeah, the problem is I've made myself so inflexible by getting Hammers in, just because I was sold, wasn't sold on 
those cheaper you know we all we all had one i think at the start of the season that you know sort of 6.5 million and below midfielder so the options still aren't you know for for that sort of price range you've got like bowen triore trossard Podence, yeah Pereira, um yeah Foden we spoke about well this is the thing I, I've got to make a choice now do I go for again as you said one of the people in in that sort of price bracket or do I push and I can afford to push about the, the boat out a bit more and uh bringing Grealish yeah uh, although that would leave me well I think it would give me a 0.7 left over which isn't too bad but in case there's an in, in case there's an emergency, I might struggle. Not looking at Wilfred Zaha. Uh, yeah, he's there. He, he's on my short list, but I don't know about Palace. You know, they've as I said, we're blowing hot and cold at the moment. Um, I like to think the Chelsea game was just a blip, but you you never know really. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, whereas again, I think as we pointed out last week, it it's best if we're gonna we don't know what teams are gonna necessarily do well. But we have to pick the one player per team who's gonna get the points in, and I feel that Grealish for Villa would be a safer bet than Zahar for Palace in terms of who's most likely to get the points within the team. I know Zahar's obviously done very well, but. You know, you never know. Townsend could have a really good good week instead, or maybe Ayu will, or even Eze perhaps. So, whereas with Villa, it's you're pretty much Grealish or bust. I yeah, know obviously there's. I know I know there's Watkins and McGinn, but it's Barkley. mainly Grealish. Barkley as well now, of course. But um, um, I still they're still so heavily reliant on Grealish at the moment, at least. That could change. Yeah, but um, yeah, the way I see it is Grealish is a safer bet. Yeah, um, I suppose as you said, good fixtures. So yeah, yeah, no, I don't think eyes with them are bad shouts. Should brought to another point about I've like a couple of my friends have, have asked me this week, like Son or Kane. I think it kind of matters with all transfers in times of like in context of your team, if that makes sense. For some people, it'd be really easy for them to bring in Kane. Some people, it'd be really easy for them to bring in Son, but not, not Kane or or whatever. I think it. Sorry, I think it depends really on, as you say, what formation you play and sort of what's the problem area in your team. Uh, in your case, you know your problem area is your forwards. Yeah. So, yeah you probably want to. Obviously, you've already said you want to try and bring in Kane to remedy that. For me, if I had to pick between the two, uh, I'd pick Son just because midfield is my weaker area. Whereas, yeah. I, as I said, I'm happy with my forwards. My midfielders, on the other hand, I'm very happy to change them out. So, yeah, I, to, sorry to sort of you know, steal your point, I think. No, no, it's fine. But, it, um, yeah, it depends where where your team is weaker, I guess. I think with I think it's the same with like Salah and Mane we've spoken in the past. I think it depends on the fixture as well. I think, I think Kane is more reliable to return in like any any fixture, if that makes sense. Like I think Kane could score all types of goals in all sorts of different games because his role doesn't change. He's like, you know, he's just the focal point, the main man up front. Um, while Son was, I had Son at the end of last season, if you remember him, Mourinho was basically playing him like a winger. He was so wide. And that was really frustrating. 
to own. So I think I think both are good options. But I think if you think, oh, I want to bring a Tottenham player in, I want them to be a reliable captain. I think Kane is the guy still, I think. I agree with you there. You know, he's... I mean, both of them would be great options at this point. Uh, they obviously are the standout players in that team. So, but yeah, as you, as you said, if you if you think Kane is best, and you know Tottenham better than I do, so yeah, I think I think for the if you would like, I've got a problem now in terms of my captaincy. If I was going to have to captain one this week at West Ham, uh, home to West Ham, be Kane. It's a Kane sort of game. Um, you know, you know his record in London derbies and stuff, and Southampton, uh, Southampton, where have I got that from? Uh, West Ham will. <laughs> so, so you say again. West Ham will sit really deep and like try and compact the space. Um, so I'm not sure. So, you know, Son scored four identical goals against Southampton, and they were quite similar against Man United. I don't think West Ham will do the same. I think it might be more of a game for Kane. But then you look at Burn. Uh, Burnley is is I'd say sort of fifty fifty between the two. Brighton is probably a Son game because they'll play quite high and and some might have space in behind. West Brom, Son game, again, same reasons. Man City, obviously not a, a game yeah, to captain, no, but yeah, I I've said Son, gets, Son game again. So I think you kind of have to look up there in, in the matchups, but I think whatever works best for your team, I think that you would, it doesn't really matter which one you get in. I prefer Kane if you made me choose, but I don't think there's enough in it for you to rip up your team when it's easy for you to get the other one. Sure. Uh, a question, sorry, a question I want to ask you if, I, if I'm if i allowed to move on. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, I was finished. Um, okay, cool. Um, so obviously you've mentioned you're probably going to go Salah as your captain um, due to De Bruyne's potential injury. Obviously as a, a Salah-less uh, player, um, who would you recommend from my team? So who's your... Well, here's the thing. My obvious picks would be De Bruyne and Mane. Yeah. Because they're both outs. Um, I'm going to have to look beyond them. Um, so, obviously, Calvert-Lewin against Liverpool. Uh, Inns against Chelsea. Foden against Arsenal. Or me, or be out of the box and go Alexander-Arnold against Everton. But uh, I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's not the best, is it? No, it's not. I mean, again, I might bring in Grealish and um, Villa are playing... Who are they playing this week? Uh, uh, I believe off the top of my head it's Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, that that's a... Well, he's a potential if I bring him in, so... Um, I'd almost... If you say you got one transfer. Got one transfer. That's uh, a bit more annoying. I'd, I'd almost say... Because I was actually throwing around with the idea of... of uh, taking De Bruyne out for Son this week, just as my only transfer, and uh, captaining Son. Uh, I know I just said yeah. this isn't a Son type of game, but um, <laughs> but, yeah. but it, that's an easy swap for me to do. And then I'll still have two the next week, and then I can just swap it back over if I need to or, or whatever. Uh, though it'd be very hard to if we're playing Burnley. Another thing that I can do, and I, I think we talked about this before, is I take... My Mane, well, probably be, would be Mane. Take Mane out and bring Salah in. Yeah. You know my loyalties to his Sardioness. And um, we say as well that you don't really swap. You don't really swap between the two of them unless unless there's an injury. But it's it's not really yeah. an injury, is it? He'll be back for the next one at, at, at latest. 
Yeah, but it's it's short it's short term games. I need to start thinking about as well because I'm yeah. doing so badly in my leagues. It's a shame you don't have two transfers because then you could have just swapped. If I had two transfers, I'd be taking them out, bringing in salary in, and I mean, actually, that would cost me some money, and then yeah, I'd have to just do some, just bring a cheaper midfielder in for Saka maybe. But um, yeah, it it does complicate things, but um, it's uh. It's stranger, mate. You don't really feel like you have many convictions about your about your picks. I have absolutely nowhere where I can sort of make money, so I don't. I might have to go. I mean, go with a Salah captain this week. It's not, you know, it's far worse things in the world. But um, yeah, of course, yeah. I think that if I had Harry Kane this week, I'd captain him, which is which is the thing, and that I could potentially maybe get him with a minus four. But that would maybe be. Maybe even not to be honest, because the only the only places I can see myself making money is Suchek to a Dale Stevens or someone like that, and then Werner to a Jimenez. Well, obviously to get Harry Kane, need to take out him and uh, take out Werner. So tough because I've made myself inflexible. But I th- I'd imagine they'll be maybe the two most popular transfers in this week. Um, yeah. Whilst I so oh no gone. So I'm like very happy in my defence. I think I said to you last week, my defence is the reason why I've kind of ticked over with 50 points most weeks, apart from the first one where I got 90-something, because I've managed to keep at least one clean sheet a week, which is, you know, given the circumstances, I'm really happy with the defence. Midfield is, is okay. Hamez has, has done well. Salah's done well. De Bruyne has blanked twice, and Foden's got a few. Uh, got one goal, didn't he? So... You know, it's, it's it's there's a lot of thinking to be done, and I think a lot of people's teams will be the same. Um, mm. You know, a lot of people will be will be bringing in the the Kane and Son. Mm. I don't know if you do you, you don't own either, do you? But I don't think do you have any interest in in trying to bring any of them two in? Uh, I mean, it's it's tempting for sure, but I I don't think at this time it's something I want to do. So, I mean, I, I I really don't know to be honest. Um, I don't really like making big changes like that unless it's a um a wild card situation. No, me me neither. I was I was, yeah. I was about to say I I quite often try and keep the premiums together because it's you know don't fluctuate between them and then sort of change the whole team around that so like to manipulate the fixtures like your sort of 6.5s and and so on change them depending on fixtures and forms but i kind of like to keep my core of this year de bruyne and salah because they're always going to return uh consistently so yeah that's my problem it's just i had Werner down as one of those people that i'd like to sort of just keep but it's not happening and then i don't have enough money to stretch to harry kane who would be that other lock like I wouldn't take Kane out unless he got injured and with like Jimenez is he really a lock good enough to be the lock player for you I don't know what you think uh perhaps not I mean I'm likely to keep like well I'm likely to keep Inns in as a lock but would I call him a lock player I'm not sure yeah, if that makes if that makes any sense to you, like if he, if he goes on if he goes on a bad run, I I wouldn't I would I wouldn't hesitate taking him out. Um, 
Whereas, unlike someone like Marnie or Sal, if they went on a, on a bad run, I'd keep them in still. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's complicated. Strange places with our with our teams. I think uh, I looked at the form of my players, and apart from Werner and Mitrovic, they're all all right. Like if you just said to me, you know, I, I miss obviously we missed the De Bruyne thirteen pointer because he he was most of us didn't have him at that point. But if you said De Bruyne got 15 points for his first three games, you'd be like, well, that's all right. It's not too bad. If he's told me Foden was going to start all three games, uh, like amazing. Unbelievable. I was thought there's no chance he was going to start all three games. I still have him anyway, because I think he's just a joke value. So I think when you, you get the temptation to, to press the button just to be like, oh, I've made the transfer. I think it's, you know, unless you have real problems like Werner and, and Mitrovic, I don't think there's much cause for concern yet. You know, none of these players have blanked three times in a row either, which is generally when I think panic starts to raise apart. You know, even Werner got a return in, in the first game of the season. Um, yeah. But he has now blanked three times in a row, which I think is he's just got to go. But it's all about still not really knowing who to bring in to replace those sort of players. Hopefully... As I get towards the end of the week, I'll have a bit more clarity. But at the moment, it's, it's difficult to have that, especially with any player potentially having a COVID test any second as well. Yeah, true. True. Did you think any more about uh, my captaincy options? Uh, oh, yeah. This, that's a tough one. So, out of all them... Ooh. I think in terms of who do I think could explode the most out of those... I'd probably say Foden. Yeah. But you don't know if he's going to start. And then if he doesn't start, he will almost certainly come off the bench. I mean, you've got to imagine with De Bruyne likely not to start. That's true, yeah. De Bruyne, De Bruyne was a lot captain for me uh, until he got injured. And just, you know, there's no, logically, maybe there's no harm in just doing it to a, and swapping the captain to, to a, a player in the same fixture. Yeah, it's true. So I'd probably say. Foden, then Alexander Arnold. You're really not subscribing to the Calvert Lewin's going to score every week theory, are you? Uh, I just want captain a player against Liverpool. I know, but it. it, 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 it... Also, Richarlison is probably out, as is. Yeah, but that, that won't matter. I, I think that they'll. Uh, James Rodriguez has the potential to be knackered, given I think he's playing for Colombia tomorrow or Thursday. I think. That I'd avoid. That's what also, yeah, I, I forgot to mention. That's another reason why I wasn't going to bring Calvert Lewin in this week. Is that Richarlison is is a is a doubt? I'm I'm not sure. Is is he? He hobbled off injured against uh, Brighton, I believe. Yeah, so. and Hamez, who is the you know the guy who, if you watch all the goals, Hamez is either assisted or he's the assister of the assister. So I think if he's maybe not quite at it fatigue wise, I think he'll be a big miss. Which is putting me off. Obviously, I'm not saying I sell him, obviously, but it's putting me off captaining him. I'd, I'd probably stick with Foden, to be honest. I've just read that Richarlison played for uh, Brazil yesterday, uh, oh, or right. a couple of couple of days ago. So he's obviously mm. fit. Just depends on their energy levels. Son always used to struggle when coming back from Korea after a long international break. So, and obviously, if Liverpool, if if they're not on it, Liverpool don't like Liverpool lost last time. Liverpool will still kill them if they don't play well. You know, so um, Foden for me out of the options you gave. Okay, fair enough. 
And on that note, I think we can wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. A bit of a unstructured conversation this week, but it's, it's tough in this in this international break, and we can break down the games next week instead. Yeah, it it is always more fun when we actually have you know actual football to talk about, and we know what we're doing with our teams. Yes, true. <laughs> Wait, do we know what we're doing with our teams? No, <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> It's yeah. It's been. I mean, I, I apologise for making the first half of the pod so depressing to listen to, but you know, I, I felt there were necessary conversations to have. Yeah, uh, and hopefully next week we'll be back to just doing more sort of natural uh, fantasy talk. Yeah, there isn't a huge amount to break down this week, so. Well, uh, I think yeah. As I said, that will wrap it up for this week. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at bus parking fpl. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to um, the sort of FPL community this week because we've got a whole bunch of new followers, uh, including, I got them here, a sports podcast promo uh, at Pod Promo. You can find them on Twitter. Um, They shout out a lot of different sporting podcasts about uh, all sorts. I think your tennis podcast is also being promoted on there, Jack. Yeah, yeah. So I do. A, uh, I've only. I think I've been on two. I do a tennis podcast as well at, at Serving Up Clutch. Well, that hasn't gone particularly well for me either this week so far. So you know, it's going well all round. <laughs> yeah, I had a. I had an outright for a tournament who lost in the first round yesterday. So. Oh Jesus! That's yeah. not at all. I'm not promoting it very well. We we, we do we 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 do know a lot about tennis. I, I should say. I'm not. I'm not. I've not spoken out very well there. So if you have any interest in tennis, feel free to check that out. Uh, they do do some football stuff as well. So you can check, the, check it out from that side as well. Um, yeah, I need to work on my promoting, I think. Right, well then, uh, we'll, 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 we'll make that the end of the pod then on that note. Um, yeah. I've been Callum. I've been Jack. Have a nice evening. Yep, and we'll see you next week for more Park in the Bus. Bye-bye. Park in the Bus! Park in the Bus!